Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. You may have noticed that abortion has been in the headlines a lot lately. Back in January, Governor Cuomo of New York signed a new law allowing abortion up until the moment of birth if the mother's health or even her mental health was at stake. This was new and radical for even the state of New York. What was disturbing about this particular law being signed was that the New York Senate floor was videotaped when Cuomo signed it into law, and there was much rejoicing and shouting and clapping and just victory, which was chilling as we realized that what was becoming law was the ability to snuff out the life of a baby up to 40 weeks gestation. Um, That was just scary video to see. Following that in New York State, we learned that Rhode Island is considering the same kind of law. And I just want to say to my Colorado listeners that that is, in fact, already the law of our state. There is an abortion clinic in Boulder where babies can be aborted right up until birth. Then we saw following that out of New York in Virginia, a bill was proposed in their state legislature also allowing abortion up until birth, but really for no reason at all. Simply a doctor and a mother had to determine that they would like to end the life, that she wants to end the life, not even for a mental health or other kind of physical health reason, and that that law would make that allowable. What was especially chilling was the day after that law was proposed, the governor of Virginia was interviewed on the radio and asked about his response to the bill. He was indeed fully in favor, but he went even further. And he said, and I want to quote to you, these are his exact words when discussing this particular situation. He said, so in this particular example, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired. Then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So the governor was literally explaining that a baby could be born alive and the mother in the moments after delivery could decide if the child's life should be protected or if care should be withheld and the child allowed to be died to to die this is crazy and it's extreme and it's infanticide Um, in New York, maybe Rhode Island, Virginia, Colorado, we now support the opportunity to not only kill babies in the womb, but also to have their lives snuffed out in the delivery room. So in response to what appears to be a very aggressive push by the pro-abortion movement, Nebraska Senator Ben Sass authored and presented the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. So the Born Alive uh, Survivors Protection Act says, we'll just call it the Born Alive Act, says that if a baby who is an attempted abortion results in the live birth of a baby, which does happen, the infant would obviously be deemed a living person and therefore entitled to the protection of the laws of the United States. So any baby that survives an abortion, any baby born alive following a botched abortion in a hospital or clinic or any kind of facility would be protected and would um, have the right to any kind of care that any other life in a hospital or facility would be given. The federal criminal code under this um, this proposed law would be amended, making it a crime to deny full care to any infant born alive. 
after a failed abortion. So the act would have criminalized a healthcare professional, not a mother, but a healthcare professional, a doctor or a nurse who denied the care for the baby that's born alive. So that's what um, Ben Sass proposed. Born alive means the baby's breathing or there's a heartbeat or the baby's moving voluntarily. So really we're saying a baby's born, even though an abortion was attempted, therefore there's a live human being who deserves to be protected. And this does happen quite a bit. The CDC said between the years of 2003 and 2014, at least 143 babies were born alive after abortions in the United States. And they say it's probably higher and underreported. In Canada, they say 491 babies were born alive after botched abortions between the years 2000 and 2009. So it does happen and with pretty high frequency. Currently, only 26 states offer offer protection to babies who are born alive after abortion. And only six states require that abortion providers report live births. So this is a very vulnerable population. We're talking about hundreds of babies over the years born alive after abortion, not receiving the care that they deserve. So Ben Sass said, hey, as a nation, as a Senate, let's just come together and agree that if a baby is born alive, that baby deserves health care. So what happened? Well, this very week on Monday night, the United States Senate voted on the bill and it did not get enough votes to move forward. 60 votes in favor were needed and there were only 53, 44 voted against. It's worth noting that only three Democrats voted in favor of it and every Democrat running for president voted against it. So every Democrat nominee that we have running for president is in favor of infanticide being legal. This should have been easy. This should have been, um, this should have been unanimous. This is not a divisive or difficult issue. This is providing care to a baby that is born alive. So what does this say about our nation? I want to, I want to say that this is an eye-opening and grievous testament to the state of our nation. The culture of death is gaining momentum. The pro-abortion movement is no longer saying that abortion is the removal of a clump of cells. It's no longer saying, you know, abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. No, now we know that abortion kills a baby. We've known abortion kills a baby for decades. When Roe v. Wade was signed into law, we didn't know that. The scientific evidence wasn't available to prove that it was a baby. We've known it, though, for a long time. So we know it's not a clump of cells. We know it's a baby. And pro-abortionists are no longer championing safe, legal, and rare. They want it available and even provided by government funding to all women all the time for any reason. And not only that, but if the abortion fails and the baby is born, it's legal for the practitioner to kill the living baby. Our Senate has voted in favor of protecting infanticide, the murder of innocent babies. This should be chilling to every American. So what what does this say about what lives are worth living? What lives are worth protecting? Well, only wanted lives. It looks like the culture of self is producing the culture of death. We We have so championed my life, my way, my terms, my body, that if anything infringes upon that, we're willing to snuff it out. We're willing to kill it. Lives that are wanted are the only lives worth protecting. And this is true, not just in the womb, but also all the way to tomb. Many states, including in Colorado, assisted suicide is legal. So if you are 
terminally ill and you decide you don't want to live anymore, you can end your life. Well, let's just imagine for one second what that might look like for somebody who's in pain and suffering and they they are terminal and, and they've become a great burden to their families, perhaps an emotional burden, a financial burden, a relational burden. And everybody just decides, you know what? Your life really isn't worth living anymore. It's too difficult. It's too painful. It's too costly. Let's go ahead and end it. That life is no longer valuable. That life is no longer wanted and they end it. So this happens across the entire spectrum of life from womb to tomb. We live in a culture that increasingly only values lives that are strong and able and wanted. And and we work hard to justify the ending of a life. We say things like, well, I don't know what I would do in her shoes. You know, the baby's life is going to be so hard. The family's so poor. The quality of life is going to be so difficult. We, We conjure up all these ideas and we make all these statements, we make it complicated so that we can justify the way we abuse and end life. But I'm here to say, and I want to encourage you to just conclude, this isn't difficult. This isn't complicated. Choose life every single time. Choose the life that's disabled. Choose the life that is sick. Choose the life that is terminal. Choose the life that will even be in poverty. When you're not sure if this life is even going to make it, choose life. You get creative, you get compassionate, you get strong, and you serve that life that is fragile. Now, I'm not talking about the artificial continuation of life. That's another topic for another time. I'm talking about giving life a chance. So what can you and I do to take a stand? Friends, these days are evil and sinister. That's just the reality. The culture of death is grinding forward. It makes me scared for the future and it makes me angry about the present. I, I want to propose that the number one thing you and I can do is simply to speak life. We can enter conversations and we can champion life at the dinner table, at the water cooler, at the playground, when we're gathered with other moms, when we're gathered with other professionals, when we're gathered in any public setting and life and death, the topic of life and death comes up, ask questions, press into it. Don't shy away from saying the hard things. When you hear a story, press into that, ask about it, say, why not give life a try? What are the risks in offering that baby or that disabled person or that terminally ill family member life? Why not pursue creativity and bravery and caring for the sick and the newborn and the barely born? Why assume that death is better? I want to tell you guys, this is actually how I became pro-life in college. I was a pro-choice feminist and one monumental pivotal conversation changed that forever. It was actually with my now husband, who was then my boyfriend, who just asked me some questions. Tell me more about why you think that, Jen. Tell me more about what that looks like. And I simply had to articulate in more than a soundbite with someone who disagreed with me where I was coming from, and I couldn't do it. And I literally took, did a 180, changed my whole position on this view. So conversations like that are powerful. Let's think of our heroes. Let's think of those who lay down their lives for their friends. I think of those who hid Jews during the Holocaust or those who died in pursuit of freeing American slaves or those who willingly went down with that airplane that was headed for the United States Capitol and saved the United States from yet another terrible terrorist plane crash. These are our champions. These are our heroes. These are those who, who lay down their lives for others. 
We champion sacrificial life in our nation. Let's do that all the way around. Let's do that for mothers who have hard pregnancies. Let's do that with the terminally ill and the disabled. Let's champion those who lay down their lives or, or make the hard choice or pay great costs or um, live out a great sacrifice so that others may live. That those are who our heroes are. So let's pursue that kind of lifestyle. That let's pursue that kind of um, those kinds of choices in our nation. Pursuing self is damning. Pursuing self is not satisfying. Pursuing self will torture you and torture me. So let's let's bring that up in conversation. Words are powerful. Conversations change minds. Choosing right thinking and saying the right words is invaluable. Of course, we can also champion life in many other ways. We can do things like serving at pregnancy centers and community centers and nursing homes. We can consider making financial gifts or um, resourcing single moms or resourcing um, fam- foster families, or we can adopt or we can serve those who do. There's a lot of uh, tangible things we can do just in to champion and to prioritize life. You and I can also get involved in protests or demonstrations. We can write op-eds for our newspapers. We can write letters to our local politicians. We live in a soundbite age. And if there's anything worth sounding off about a little bit, it's life. So inject your life-centered soundbites into the noise. And finally, be aware. Know Know what's happening in your state. I know you're busy. I know you're tired. I know you have 1 million things going on, whether it's work life or home life, but you and I do need to stay ahead of the news. We do need to hear what's happening. You do need to know that on Monday, our national lawmakers voted to protect infanticide. This is life and death. Our nation has decided that killing babies born alive is okay. You need to know that. And I need to know that. In closing, This is heavy, and I want to just say to you and to me, do not lose heart. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. God sees. Not only that, but 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. That's Psalm 103. God sees, God knows, and God will bring about justice. Do not lose heart. Thanks for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. I look forward to chatting with you again next week.